Hold on. Let me just breathe it out. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite Halloween movie? Halloween Town. Friday the 13th. Um, Hocus Pocus. Yes, yes, yes. That is a new intro Uh-oh. music it's that hard. you've heard. It's hard intro. It's hard? Yeah. Like it goes hard? Nah, that and it's oh, the very, question. And the question. <laughs> Both. It's hard in every direction. Son. Okay. Friday the 13th, oh, like with yeah. Jason? Yeah. Wait, like with uh, Lindsay Lohan? That's no. no, that's Freaky Friday. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Boy, Jason. That's a good movie too. Though. Yeah. Did you did you guys know that um, Hocus Pocus is having a sequel? What? That's crazy. I know. Isn't Hocus Pocus like way too old though for a sequel? No, nothing's too old for Fair. a sequel. I mean, they did. They've been doing Ghostbusters. They and they bring back all these different things. Yeah, Fuller true, House yeah. and mm-hmm. all that. The only thing they haven't done yet is Friends. That's the hype, nostalgia, but you know. Definitely. But yeah, guys, welcome to another episode of Strange Flavors. It's another week, another flavor, a little less stranger. This is brought to you by Aleph Theory. My name is Faraz. My name is Shimmer. My name is Amber. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Guys, uh, we have an exciting guest today, but before we do that, uh, please send us an email if you want to email us, strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com. You can send us any information, any questions, or if you want to bring on guests, if you have recommendations, or if you want to be one yourself, you know, send us an uh, email and we can make that happen. Or, or a picture of your cat. Okay, yeah, the cat can come on. That would be a great idea. So Amber can be the only one that knows how to communicate with it. <laughs> and you can also send us your music there if you are a music producer, a rapper, whatever. Um, we'd love to get it. So you can finally slide into our SoundCloud DMs if you'd like. Please be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on iTunes and everything. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, be sure to share with your friends. Yeah. If you yeah. there's a Do perfect to- good topic that you think a friend would like or need to learn, I think our podcast is very knowledgeable yeah. in different aspects. Thank you for that, Shimmer. Yeah, I just thought I should, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, uh, my man's got a haircut. Yeah. Shams is rocking a little... He's been... Much shorter. He's He's been going into a normal mode, in quotes, and watching we, a lot of Netflix shows. We talked about that on the last pod. Yeah. yeah so. So, goes into so, a normal mode, so what's starts a, I, What's again. a Netflix show that you've been watching, then, if you're in your normal mode? Okay, so I started this HBO show called uh, The Night Of. Okay. Right. It's a really great show. What's it about? Um, first of all, I clicked on it because Riz Ahmed, he's a Pakistani uh, UK rapper and actor. And so he's been blown up recently. At, same with Hasan Minhaj and Kumail Najni. And, Najni. Um, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him alone. And um, Put respect on his name, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. And then, uh, so I clicked on it because I, I thought it was about him, just a normal dude, like goes crazy in a jail cell. Or whatnot, you know. But I clicked on it, read the description. It's about a Pakistani Muslim college kid that gets goes to jail because allegedly he killed a girl. And so I was like, "Oh wow, that sounds like serial." Yeah, and it I I'm sure it's heavily inspired by it. Oh really? Like I think so. I I don't know if it's official, but Mm. you can see a lot of resemblance. Interesting. And so I clicked on it, and I was like, "Yo." Like I, the first five minutes, I connected. I've never connected with a show that much. I was like, "Wow, this is so relatable." Like I've never had like a main Pakistani, you know, guy in the U.S. 
in college and going through like normal like he wasn't they were showing the culture a little bit and it was really cool uh with that and you learn a lot about the judicial system the justice system the justice system and you learn how slow lawyers are and all this yeah i learned a lot of that kind of stuff from like cereal which is crazy which is pretty awesome and there's a lot of resemblance between the two nice if you had to rate it out of five stars what do you give it I'd say like 4.8. Wow. Yeah. That's high. It's one of the, my favorite shows I've watched. I think I need to check it out because all these comparisons to Serial. You know how much I was into Serial. Yeah. yeah. Cereal that's, why I, that's why I'm surprised you didn't finish it. It's because it has that scary aspect in it and I can't the hear suspense. it. Yeah. I can't watch things. Like I need it. Like every time I watch a scary movie, I'm covering my eyes. Like mm-hmm. I can handle listening to it. I can't yeah. watch it. Yeah. You know what wasn't five stars? What? what? That Eminem freestyle what? on BET. You didn't like it? Did you guys hear it? Yeah. yeah. Did. Wait, you didn't like it? I listened to it once, so I, I like I couldn't fully digest yeah. it. But okay, so was. so I think people have been very like over the top about it. Okay. I just want to say I'm a huge Eminem fan. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Eminem. Eminem mm-hmm. is the reason that I got into music, into rap, everything. Mm-hmm. I love his story. Right. Absolutely, just huge fan. Get to the point for us. But. The way that people were saying it was like his he didn't have he didn't have bars okay and as a fan i expect a lot out of him and i think it was crazy that people like ellen degeneres were like tweeting at him and they were like eminem i love you when all these people were recently saying that i mean everybody has been criticizing eminem because of the content and his lyrics and everything like that and now it's like he's god because he finally spoke out which i think says a lot about how much people value things when white people say it right right. um but not to discredit him because i think it's very important that he says it yeah because people only listen when somebody white says it yeah um obviously we have yg and uh joey badass who had a whole album about this yeah and it was incredible yeah uh but nobody acknowledges that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i so anytime I hear Eminem is doing anything, I immediately am like, everybody shut up. I, you know, turn the surround sound on and I'm like full screen, lights off, everything. I need to see this. Yeah. And he comes out with an awfully hot coffee pot. And I literally started cracking up. Like I was watching with my sister. We were both laughing. I was like, come on. I mean, I hear like the alliteration or whatever, like, cool, but okay. that's whack. That's not bars just it wasn't it wasn't creative okay Okay? so from a rap perspective i think he could have done way better that's where i'm speaking and when vince staples he's been in you know all these media things lately about oh vince staples didn't like thought eminem's thing was trash he never he never said that he just again he is also a fan saying that he didn't think that it was bars yeah because it wasn't like it just wasn't i think it was more of a statement it was was more of a statement and people liked it because you know they could understand it yeah they could understand it and he just kind of you think as a f as a rapper as a rapper it's like not as great as it could have been based on his prior work if you're gonna call it a roast i don't think it was a roast okay i think he was just very aggressive yeah i don't Um, think it was a roast either i think it was just like a thing he was trying to say to like get it out there i don't know yeah, again which, i only which, which listened I do to think, it once which i yeah, do I think and and this is what vince staples said too it's like it's important that he says it yeah but you need to also acknowledge the fact that how much attention it got because he said it and not because anybody else has been saying way better things 
and he yeah. didn't really give any sort of solution. He was just kind of like, you know, f this guy. But the, and, isn't that Eminem style? Line. It like, is his style. Yeah, which is which is great and everything. I mean, I I like Eminem not because he talks about all these you know controversial things. Yeah. I just love his story and I love his way to say it. Mm-hmm. He's extremely creative. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. But this for me was not creative. I think it could have been. It could have gone a lot better. Okay, but do you still like value it? I guess like I think it's, it, I, val- it's I value cool. it. Yeah, I definitely value it because it's important that yeah white people step up. Right. Right. But at the same time, okay. it's crazy to me that it, that's the only time that they were yeah that they would get this attention. That's true. But at the same time, I think that uh, somebody like Macklemore or Mac Miller wouldn't get that same type of respect no yeah. i mean no, i think they would i mean mac miller did uh like initially yeah when he when he first ran it, he came like out a, and said was that a bad thing like well he's like in his concerts he'd be like f donald trump yeah drop the song drop the song yeah cool. yeah, yeah yeah but but i think if they were to have said those lines yeah. they would have been like yo this is trash yeah yeah um definitely. and i think if a black rapper would have said those lines they would have definitely gotten a lot of trash i think eminem gets that respect because he was white and he yeah and also well, he's, well, no because he has, he, he has yeah like, he has a very high respect level yeah g easy also did a song he did the remix to f donald trump with yg mm-hmm. and like it wasn't just perceived as big yeah at all yeah no yeah. it wasn't yeah but i think that well the re i mean eminem is an extremely talented person nobody's taking that away but a lot of his talent or a lot of his success was also because white people finally had somebody that they could claim in hip-hop right. and it was somebody incredible so yeah, he really blew good, up yeah. he's really good but when you have that type of support system yeah. it, it like doubles yeah. right so then when they see, when they hear eminem say something like that like anything that eminem says for a lot of people is automatically bars yeah and for me it wasn't bars yeah, yeah. no yeah. And i it think wasn't... that's like with music and any content it's like if they have a name like drake honestly his older stuff was a lot better but his new stuff it's like Oh, it's Drake. I'm gonna listen to it eight times until I like it, and I feel like okay. that's what it is yeah. with Eminem and, and, and Drake and a lot of new artists. Mm. It's like, oh, they have the name behind it. I'm gonna listen to it until I like it. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. I, I listen to a lot of Drake albums until I like them. Yeah. I can I can totally see that. Um, you know what is bars? What our guest? A <laughs> our guest is extreme bars. Um, no, but uh, our guest today. I hope that people listening can. Honestly, just listen. That's that's the main thing here is that we invite somebody that um, a lot of people won't agree with. And you might find yourself angry at times. But I think the important thing is to listen where somebody is coming from um, and just have these conversations to move progressively in some fashion. So without further ado, I want to introduce our guest. His name is Raz and I'm going to butcher his last name here. He says it a lot cooler, but uh, he is Israeli and he has a lot to say about what his opinions are um, and some of his solutions to the conflicts that go on between Israel and Palestine and how Israel views the U.S. and moving along in his film career, what kind of inspiration he can get out of his background and his culture. So everybody, please welcome Raj. Just, just. 
actually don't feel it so much. The breathing? Yeah. Oh, you will. Leave me alone. You were just walking your dog? Yeah, I just walked my dog. Yeah. What kind of dog? It's a Shiba Inu, but we suspect it's not a Shiba Inu because we bought it from a, from a puppy mill. So okay. we think it's a Korean Jindo, which is kind of like uh, illegal in the United States. What? I Why think, is it illegal? Whoa, illegal dogs? I th- no, it's whoa. like illegal. Dogs? It's illegal. It's not supposed to be outside of Korea. So if you see someone with a Korean Jindo, like you can say, well, where did you get it? They broke the law. But like basically we think it is because it doesn't look anything like Shiba Inu. It just looks like a Korean Jindo. And uh, character-wise, it both... <laughs> I literally have no idea. Yeah. I have so, no idea. I don't know dogs. Why would it be illegal though? But it's not illegal. It's just... It's not supposed to be out of It's not to be supposed to be out of Korea. It's okay. like illegal to import it, to export it to other countries. Oh, okay. So... We got it, and uh, it's a long story. I it will. sounds like it, but it sounds it, cool because of his accent. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. So I will, I will continue. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my wife's um, sister, uh, younger sister, bought it for her parents as a gift, because obviously all sixty-year-old people want a puppy in their life. Mm-hmm. So she bought it as a gift, and they came back home, and she said, "Surprise! You have a puppy here." And they were like, "We don't want a puppy." <laughs> so. They got they got stuck with it and and I told my wife it was before we moved in together I told her okay we I like him you like him let's take him and then we took him and the dog is crazy like the dog is he has seizures he wow. has like stomach problems he has he he doesn't obey anyone he's acting like a cat I love him <laughs> like I love him to death but this is like. This is a high maintenance dog. What the heck? Yeah. Wow. So if he's standing by the door and barking, he dogs wants to. Dogs are the dog. devil. <laughs> you don't right like now, dogs. dogs. I'm a cat person. I mean, the, the look at just <laughs> listen to the maintenance of it. Yeah, it sounds it, bad. Yeah, but you know what? It makes me a better person. I actually need to wake up in the morning. Makes okay. you more responsible. Dang. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, I'm enough. walking more. Like I would be like probably 20 pounds more if I didn't. Have is a it preparing you to have a kid? Um, I think so. People with kids always like tell us, "Oh, you don't know what it is. This mm-hmm. is like uh, you don't even know what could." Well, listen, I'm putting about two hours a day in an animal that doesn't even communicate with me. <laughs> so, like, have it, at least the kid tells you after a year or two. The kids tell you, "Hey, I want this and this." Like yeah, here, I'm right. only I'm only guessing all the time. That's funny. But okay, so you uh, you were talking about your wife. You recently got married, right? Yeah. Well, um, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Four months ago, yeah. Nice. Is she Jewish? She's half Jewish, but she's not Jewish according to religion. She's her mom Culturally. is her mom is half Jewish also, but it's only. How does that work? I I, I know if, a lot of my friends that are half Jewish. Does that is that a real thing? Like does it how is, do you? Yeah, like I mean, if the you can say half Jewish because only one of your parents is Jewish, but basically Jewish people are not considered don't consider. A half Jew. A half like, Jew from the from the father's side. Right. Like only if your mom is Jewish, you are, you are actually Jewish. Right. Wait, so really? she's that's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know I've heard that because that's opposite to like Islam, where it's yeah the guy. 
So it, yeah, so it's pretty weird because she's more than half. She's like ninety percent Jewish because <laughs> her mom is also half Jewish from her father's side. Okay. So she's she's more seventy five or more percent Jewish, but she's not considered to be like we couldn't have a religious wedding because of that. So we had like uh. a reform kind of conservative wedding. But Y'all got not the full percentages though. Seventy five point four. I think is that, is that important to you, by the way, like that she be some part Jewish. It's like some, uh, can I say bullshit? Uh, it's, it's like some bullshit in my head, you know, for, okay. for like one second when we started to date, I was like, oh, she needs to, to be Jewish. Or sure. she, she needs to follow the rules. I don't follow any Jewish rules. And like yeah. suddenly it became so important to me. So I was like, okay, relax. It's just, yeah, you're just I mean, finding excuses not to be in a relationship. I think that's a hypocrisy <laughs> yeah. that occurs in all religions, really. Yeah. Is that people will criticize other people of how religious they are when they themselves don't follow a lot yeah. but um you were saying um in your email that you wrote to us i'm a jew and i can say that because i am jewish like what what was the so how do you distinguish between jew and jewish like why why is that so important so jew is actually a collective name for all jewish people okay like the jew and the chosen people the jews but in a more modern context it is racist to tell someone you're a Jew. It's like saying, telling to a Jew you're a kike. Like it's very, it's wow. like saying the N-word to, to a black man. Like it's very, very mm. wrong. But the thing is we are Jewish people. <laughs> I think it's just something that we don't care as much. Uh-huh. So someone will tell, oh yeah, he's a Jew. So if it, it doesn't sound racist, we right, understand okay. it comes from like some sort of... Um, misunderstanding in language and it's fine like the context yeah. that you put it in mm. exactly okay okay and how do you pronounce your full name Raz, Raz. Raz. He's, Wait, it sounds like it? it's Raz instead of Raz, Raz. even there's an R yeah I say R. R yeah Raz Raz, Raz. okay you got it gotcha it, <laughs> it sounds cool um, when you say it and you are from what country Israel and you've been living here for how long four and a half years can you give us a little bit of insight of how America is perceived in Israel? Oh, like America is God. Like Amer- oh, America is, is amazing in Israel. P- Israeli people are like, oh, I have to go to the States. I have to move to the States. I have to... A lot of... I can say that my dad and my sister hate, some, <laughs> hate America. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own reasons. Like my, my dad is like very conservative uh, vision wise and he's like oh they don't have any his- history so you should like that's not like the right country for anyone and stuff like that uh, my sister just didn't have like nice experiences here but um but your whole family's been here like just visiting i mm. my my brother lives here with his wife and kids okay okay so um basically like people in israel israel is very much you know how the um People think like South Korea imitates the States a lot. Mm-hmm. So okay. Israel is the same thing. Like it's it's a modern country. I mean, you get a lot of money. You get a lot of money from the States. We also get a lot of money from the States. Yeah. But yes. but it doesn't mean we like we like America because of it. I think it's okay. more the culture that we like. I think it's okay. more the pop culture. I think it's more the uh, consuming TV. Like. I grew up on Seinfeld and Friends. Okay. That's I had, w- when I was nine, I had a choice. Either I'm watching a basketball game or I'm watching Seinfeld and Friends. And I made that choice. And then maybe that's why I'm not <laughs> pay- playing basketball anymore. But I just <laughs> want to write jokes and stuff. But basically, like, that's what I grew up on. Like, I grew up on Conan O'Brien. I grew up on Jay Leno. I grew up on 
the Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park. Okay. Wow. So that's so the culture more than anything else. I think that's really unique because like a lot of countries, they're like for the jobs and opportunities, but Israel is like very culture oriented. No, but I would say, I mean, living like in Pakistan for a while, I was always looking at American movies and that's what my vision of America was. It's like, yeah. yo, it's so like, it's always a party over there. That's what I thought. I did. I wasn't. I mean, I think parents are looking at it as jobs yeah. and stuff. But but it kind of is when you when you come here. Like I'm kind of in shock how much college is like to some degree like Animal House and to <laughs> some degree uh, like American Pie. Like this is what, and it's not so different than other from other cultures. But it is kind of surprising that this is like the depiction I don't know what came first like uh, uh, the culture in movies and TV or the actual American culture oh true I guess it's like the limitless freedom too Mm -hmm. there's nobody saying that what's happening is wrong in any way exactly Um, Mm -hmm. and the kids that are in college it's like their parents were doing the same thing exactly and what's the difference um, in college in Israel and we have we have three years of military for the guys and two years for the girls. Now it's a bit less. I think it's like two years. Mandatory. 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 Yeah. It doesn't mean everyone is is going. Like very religious people, uh, Orthodox people, don't go to the military. Why is that? Because it's uh, because they have to work the Lord. Mm, so okay. they basically get a permission to study in a yeshiva, which is kind of like an after high school program for religious people to study the the Bible uh, and the, all the other Jewish books like uh, the Talmud and the and the, um, basically everything again I don't know a lot about it so I don't want to say like the wrong name of, of the book right. but, um, so did you have to serve? I, I had to serve but, but again it's like I, I could have also pretend I'm mentally ill which is what a lot of people are doing or too sensitive I was actually having like problems because I went to um psych evaluation before the military uh, which everyone uh, who everyone has to do it and the uh, and the psychiatrist told me uh, well you look too sensitive to serve in uh, in the in the combat you look too sensitive yeah, yeah you, you you sound too sensitive okay. he, he asked me like five questions he was like i think you were more like an office job kind of guy (laughs) kind of like he he didn't really say it but he was like very good i i didn't want to be in the field i didn't want to be in a tank i didn't want to hold the weapon and and is that what people uh, go through in the military that's what people who are um classified as like mentally and physically able are going no but i mean the people that are going and serving in the military that's this type of stuff that they have to do go in tanks and actually go into sometimes so i was supposed to so i was too sensitive at first and then i needed to fight the military in order to for them not to say i'm too sensitive because this is kind of like a stigma if you go to the military with this thing saying this guy is too sensitive so it can follow you because the military in israel is like college here if you have a 2.0 gpa it follows you Okay. Wow. So, so your like mental stability is what drives you through the military. Some to some degree, like if you weren't a good soldier in the military, maybe it can follow you because everyone knows everyone and people, uh, people can ask you records from the military and stuff like that and some stuff they can actually get. So, what happened was that eventually I I went to another psych evaluation. They were like, oh, you're fine. So they got my mental uh, profile higher. My mental profile was 64 out of 97, and they got it high to 97 back. And then 
I had back problems. So my physical profile was down. So my physical profile went to 72. And then I couldn't serve in the field. I couldn't be in the tank. Wow. So what happened was that eventually I went to a radio communication unit that is basically, you think it sounds cool, and that's one of the only cool sounding option that I had, options that I had. And what I did was, uh, most of the time, cleaning cables and connecting cables, which Interesting. is... No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Like, I, I felt like I'm being dumbed down for three years. And, wow. the, and a lot of people are, but it, it's kind of give you the notion of like, you can't get everything you want in life. You should get ahead of yourself because we did, we were in like kind of like dangerous positions to some degree. And you, you appreciate, okay, I have limited time on this planet. I should, I should do something with myself. Now, are you, uh, I mean, is it just against Palestine? Who are you guys going out in tanks against? Um, I mean, our Israeli, the Israeli military is called the IDF, which is Israeli Defense Force. Defense Force. Mm-hmm. Which to some degree, I know some people won't agree with me, but a lot of, most of the time, it is a defense force. It is preventing much, uh, let's say, a war situation. So you don't hear about it in like American news and you definitely don't hear it like in European news that are to some degree very biased towards Palestinians. And which is fine because... Some people will be biased towards Israel and some people will be biased towards Palestinians. But the, my issue is that people don't understand the other side, even if you are biased. Like, if you are a Trump supporter, so you just need to understand why the other side is doing what he's doing. And if you are a Democrat, you need to understand why Trump supporters that are still Trump supporters, why, why they are the way they are. They're not the other way they are because they're stupid. They are the way they are because that's the... Uh, they, that's how they perceive the world and it won't work if you want to have an open dialogue with them so if you go back to Israel and Palestine basically w- what happens is that the Palestinians have two um, autonomies which actually became one just last week they, they signed a peace agreement the Palestinians with the Palestinians there were two sides there was the Hamas in Gaza which Hamas is recognized as a terror organization, is actually terrorizing his own citizens. And there was Fatah in, um, in the West Bank. And Fatah is the organization that Yasser Arafat was, uh, was the head of, and now uh, Abu Mazen is the head of. And they, are, they were more open to conversation with Israel uh, than Hamas, and they also played the game a little bit better than Hamas. Hamas is just about killing Jews. And I can say Jews. But yeah, <laughs> Hamas is just about ki- ki- killing Israelis because, and they are saying it very openly. They're saying we, we agree to everything. We just don't agree to recognize uh, the uh, the right for the Jewish people to have a state, and okay. we need to destroy it. So basically, when someone's saying something like this about any anyone, you have to defend yourself. So you have the Israeli Defense Army, but. Um, but I mean, what about the going and expanding into the West Bank and literally building the houses and expanding the territory? I mean, what do you like? Are you able to understand the other side as well? Because you're saying that, you know, America and Europeans don't understand the other side. But are you I do because like, do you understand your bias? I do because I don't because I believe there is no choice. 
let's say if you would talk to me for 20 there is no choice but to understand the other side because it came okay. to a point that there is no return point you can't expel the you can't make the palestinians build another country in another place and you can't take all the jewish settlements and build them in another place you're talking about i believe it's about 300,000 people to relocate from the from the Jewish settlements in the, in the West Bank or to relocate to a million and a half Palestinians in the West Bank. Mm. You mm. can't do it. Like people who say, oh, just... And there are people from both sides who say about the other side, oh, just let them go to another place. Why do they do that? Why do they do this? The problem is um, there is an interesting theory that like there, there will be no peace, but you have to know how to negotiate the conflict. So if you buy a house, uh, um, an Israeli house, on on top of, of a Palestinian area, so it will create a bigger conflict, and you can't expect less. But it, and if you stab someone in the, some Israeli, like happened a lot uh, in the past year, that a Palestinian stabbed Israel, an Israeli or a few Israelis, or there was one point in. Tel Aviv that they had uh, um, uh, guns and uh, semi-automatic weapons. So, I want to stop. That, no, no okay. uh, don't mind <laughs> that. Sad. We've explained multiple times that we're in Baltimore, we're <laughs> okay. in the city, so just <laughs> no ignore worries. the sirens. <laughs> so, basically, if there is one guy that... Um, like, this won't help. Like, violence won't help. And shove it in your face that this is my territory won't help. Mm-hmm. Um what I think will help is to go towards Palestinians. And what I think he- will help for the Palestinians is to say, we recognize your state. Mm. Let's start to build something here together. Because until the first Intifada in the 90s, Intifada is uh, basically the, the Palestinians um, declared kind of like an open war towards Israel. So in the, in the beginning of the 90s and the beginning of the 2000s, in the second Intifada, there were a lot of... Uh, uh, terror attacks and bombs and uh, rock throwing and, uh, and basically a lot of bad things happen to both sides. Uh, and again, I'm saying to both sides, but I only know one, my side. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to ask real quick, you're saying that, you know, you, what your resolution is, right? I mean, you're saying what the steps towards that is. Now, are other Israelis thinking in that similar way? Do other Israelis also want to recognize Palestine as its own state? Or of are you kind of... Of course not. Because I, like, probably there are. Like, I'm not the only person, right. like, in the world. And I read it somewhere from another person. Hmm. So, that another person wrote. But the, the problem is that when you have such heat, and you have such, like, opposite sides, you cannot see the other side. And you cannot see there is a middle way. And there is a middle way, and the middle way will need we will need patience, and we will need time, and we will need a lot of a lot of time that there will nothing bad will happen. Hmm. How how do they talk about it in Israel? Like, do you guys are you guys educated in any way through school systems or anything about what the conflict is or anything? Like, how is it perceived? It, yeah. So we we are. Um, I think there is an open debate recently like the US became more right or this is kind of like a way for the right to show that it's dying that Donald Trump was elected so Israel also became a little bit more heated and I think it was always that so like it was so conflicted and so 
uh, divided, but social media and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything makes everything looks much bigger. So most people know about the Palestine issue or I guess the Everyone, story of the other side because of social media and not because of the school f- system. I like if you want the short history lesson right and there, there are again there are two sides but the short history lesson that there are no Palestinians okay. no, not because I'm saying there are no Palestinians there are Arab people in Israel and there are Jewish people in Israel Palestinians is a term that was defined uh, between uh, the time the Brits ruled the, uh, Israel until Israel declared as an independent state and everyone was Palestinian, the Jews and the, and the Arabs. So there were Palestinian Jews and there were Palestinian Arabs. Mm. And what happened when they declared the state in, in 40, uh, when, when Israel became an independent state in 48, there was the, um, the independence war. And in the independence war, what happened was that a lot of Arabs, and this is an open debate, and a lot of Arabs either flee or, um, or deported from their houses. So from the West Bank, and then they went to the East Bank, or they went to Egypt, or they went to other countries. And Israel actually didn't have any control on the West Bank until, until 1967, which again, what happened in 1967, you say Israel attacked first, the Egyptians, uh, uh, Lebanon, and the Palestinians, but what really happened is that they were about to attack us a week later, and we just knew about it. So we just attacked first in order to prevent more casualties. So you can, you, again, you can say Israel attacks first, but then you need to look at why they attacked first. Um, and then what happened was that Israel took control over the West Bank and uh, over uh, half of the uh, Sinai uh, Desert in Egypt and, uh, and the Golan Heights. So the Sinai Desert, we returned, I believe it was 1982, we returned to the Egyptians uh, and we got peace for it. And we also took a lot of people out of there that already lived there. So a lot of settlements that were built in the Sinai Desert uh, basically uh, were deported to back to, a lot of people were deported back to Israel. Um, the West Bank was actually taken from Jordan. So, and, jo- and Jordan doesn't want it back because the Palestinians are not Jordanian, and they have enough, enough, I'm making quotes, no one can hear it, but (laughs) there were were basically a lot of Palestinians already in Jordan, in refugee camps, and and the Jordanians didn't want more Palestinians, and they say, if we take take the West Bank from you, this becomes our problem, why do we need it? We are already, I think Jordan has a minority of Jordanians, actually, when you think about, but it's, but their legal status as citizens are, they are the majority, but there are a lot of Palestinian refugees there. And no one is asking why does Jordan, why Jordan doesn't give any rights to the refugees and their families that live there for three generations already. And why no one is doing, like, you can talk about Syria and Iraq now, but why didn't anyone did anything with with that? I don't want to get too far off of uh, the topic, but that's very interesting hearing your story compared to like you know other people will tell you if you want to know the history even just saying that sentence you want to know the history and then hearing a totally different story every single time so it's it's very um you know i think it's unique to hear your perspective and it's it's good to hear your perspective to at least hear 
you know what I guess in quotes the other side and thinks. The, the thing is when you listen to to a Palestinian and when you listen to an Israeli. Yeah. You would, I, and, and not just Palestinians, but like anybody, even Americans, the way they perceive it, or yeah. people from other countries. But, but, yeah, go but ahead. when you see, like, you can see this is the exact same story. Everyone is telling the same story, but they are focusing on different details. And they are mm. focusing, like what I said in the beginning, yeah. they got deported or flee. Mm. It's probably somewhere around the 50-50, mm-hmm. you know? And, it's, and you can't do anything about it now. And so basically, I can tell you the story that I know from history books and from sources that I consider reliable and then another person would say something else so maybe the other person has some truth to what they're saying. We have a debate even in American history within schools that we don't teach all of the history. Do you think that Israel does the same thing to their children and their school system or do you think that they do do a good job like as America does not to give the whole full story? I think um, from what I remember, I was like in sixth or seventh grade. They gave us a map and they explained to us what exa- what happened and who did we, who we took the um, the land from or who we um, um, who gave us the land and stuff like that. So we got like the information as like this is one, two, three, four. To tell you that I studied in in a school. And I'm saying it, I'm, I'm more to the right in this kind of uh, debate. I, I admit it. But I, like, right. yeah, I'm more to, more to the right uh, wing than the left wing. The right wing in Israel is uh, against giving a free Palestinian state, and the left wing in Israel is for giving a Palestinian state. Is that, I mean, would that be classified as Zionist or? Uh, no, everyone is a Zionist. If, if you like Israel, you're a Zionist. But a lot of very. Um, extreme lefties are not considered to be Zionists because they actually want Israel to be gone or they want the benefits of Palestinians more than they want the benefit of Israel. So you can't well, really call them Zionists. I want to challenge that a little bit because I've, I've read um, and seen a few videos of people that, are, uh, that say I'm a very proud Israeli, but I am not a Zionist. So I'm confused about that then. Because they're saying um, that they don't want... Well, to say, to say that you're a Zionist is saying that uh, recognizing a uh, complete Jewish state. Is that correct? To some degree. Like, the, b- because it's... But, then, but you have Muslims and Christians and... The, the, the thing is, that was the idea when it began, if I'm not mistaken. But, okay. but now, because now it became so political and also it became very um, like religion became a big part of it so is it a looser term then for it's not nationalism a, a, yeah so, so it's, it's less not, about today, the religion now today when you say i'm a zionist it's kind of it, it's not people who say they are zionists uh-huh. to some degree maybe don't know what they're saying i see or of people they're not saying uh, they're not zionists to some degree don't know and and i'm one of them i don't and, and what are you defining yourself as a zionist what yeah. do you how do you define yourself i define mm-hmm. myself as, as a proud israeli um but i can't speak in a, in a term that was invented 130 years ago and so much happen, has happened in the world i can't like can't define myself according to this kind of term it's very politically affiliated and it's also you know how there is like re- different religious groups in Islam so there are relig- right. different religious group in uh, as Judaism. For, for Judaism so now Zionists are actually people who are 
more kind of more religious. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask is like when you're saying I'm a proud Israeli, does that like because I think we confuse, um, especially in America, culture and religion. So now are you talking about like a, a Jewish culture or religion when you say proud Israeli or does Israel have like culture? Okay. But and I'm a proud Jew religion wise, but I think I don't observe the Jewish religion. Sure. So I observe the religion culturally. So I can okay. just culture wise. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But I want to go back to Amber's point real quick because when you were when you were talking about your perspective on the whole situation, it just really really like reminded me of how Native Americans are sort of seen uh, in America because I think when we were growing up and hearing about Thanksgiving and all that kind of stuff, and Christopher Columbus Christopher seemed Columbus, like he that. was the founder the of all of America. Right, like, there was yeah. nobody before. And this is this is a conversation I've had with my Palestinian friends a lot. Is also that you know. We live in America and, you know, as we get older, we sort of really feel bad for the Native Americans, um, the more conscious and, uh, you know, aware of history that you get. But at the same time, you can't say that all Americans should leave and Native Americans should have all of the land, all of the land. So it's, it's a very like hard concept to grab. But at the same time, it's like, what can we do? For the Native Americans, yeah. yeah it, but do you ever how get... far do you go? Like right. Native Americans, the whole situation was what five hundred, six hundred years ago almost mm-hmm. to um, to three hundred years ago, and then like, so how far do you go? People were like people raped on a daily basis, <laughs> basically in the Middle Ages, and then so you can say it's okay to rape now. No, it's not okay. It wasn't okay then, but we became more socially aware and we become more. More culturally aware, and now we know like the definition between right and wrong. You didn't have police in England until the 1900s. But when we talk about the, um, like, not the culture of the day, but the people of the land who were initially there, like Native Americans, and the fact that we didn't give them so much time to, you know, even much recognition, I can say personally, like, we, like, I didn't understand the level of recognition that they should have gotten in this land. Whereas, you know, where we are now, like now we're getting older and we're putting more attention on it and it's becoming more like a social, more of a social problem to, you know, the pipeline and things like that. So when it comes to Palestinians in this context, when you compare how much money Israel has and um, reinforcement from other countries and resources and all these things compared to Palestinians who have lack of those things. Well, th- that's that's where um, that's where you get me. That's that's where I'm getting like annoyed, and I'm not, not saying like you got me annoyed. But <laughs> mm-hmm. the thing is this: Israel Amber always gets us annoyed. It's okay. <laughs> Israel uses a lot of the Amer- the American funds to build something that calls Iron, that is called Iron Doom. Uh, uh, Iron Dome, sorry. That sounds very scary. Uh, so Iron Dome is actually not so scary. It's pretty... pretty Wait, what is it? Do- dome. Dome. Basically. Dome. Oh, uh, I yeah. thought he said Doom. No, uh, it, I, I, I said Doom and then I corrected myself. Doom. So basically what Iron Dome is doing is it's a, it's a missile um, unit that can only be used as a defense. And it is maybe it can use it as an attack, but it it only uses this as a defense. And what it does, it basically um, catches the the rockets that are shot from Gaza. That's what we used in the last war. Uh, it was two years ago, I think. 
that's what we used and, and also three years ago and that's why we didn't have so many casualties. And mm-hmm. when you think of the map, it looks very, you can look at it in a very cynical, very sarcastic way, like, the, like there are like 2,000 casualties in, Palestine, in, in Gaza and then there are seven casualties to the Israeli side. And you, and you can be very cynical about it and say, how did it happen? Because we used our funds to build something to defend us. Mm-hmm. And yes, we also have a strong army that attacked Gaza. But if you look at the funds that you just said, you know what the, what the, the last war was basically, basically began because um, there were three Israeli kids uh, kidnapped and murdered by, uh, I believe it was two Palestinians. And when it was pretty obvious that they were murdered when the searches began because in the tape that they called 911 from the car that they were kidnapped at, there were only all already gunshots. So w- people like it was it it wasn't in the media yet, but people knew that they prob- they are probably dead, and because of that, that started the the war. And now you can say, okay, so only three died, and now like two thousand people died. I get that too, but on the, the Palestinian on side, on the Palestinian yes. side. The war continued when we started to discover, which I really believe there was like a whole conspiracy about it because I believe the government already knew about it. We started to discover um, tunnels from Gaza that are going underground all the way to Jewish, not settlements, Jewish legal um, cities and towns and kibbutz and, kibbutz and moshav which are basically small israeli towns i don't want to mix the terms but the tunnels went inside the kindergarten uh, inside the kindergarten the kibbutz inside the uh, the lunch room in the moshav and what we did with this war we went into gaza in order to prevent palestinians to go and murder kids in our area and what happened and so that's one thing and prevent how and, pre- and prevent that in the process a lot of people died right. in the palestinian side after the palestinian after there was truth the united states the united nations a lot of other countries gave gaza and hamas a lot of money instead of rebuilding hospitals instead of rebuilding neighborhoods instead of feeding the, their people they just build more tunnels. Mm-hmm. So when you think about how they use their, uh, their funds, they're using their funds to attack us. We use our funds as much as we can to protect us. Right. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't use those funds to, we, we don't kill kids on purpose. The, what, they, what they do, they wanted to go to a kindergarten and, and murder kids. Mm-hmm. What we don't, well, Israel didn't go to, um, basically is Israel didn't uh, bomb hospitals on purpose. It bombed hospitals because Hamas kept shooting from hospitals at Israel. Hamas used their own people as human shield. So Hamas is a terror organization. I'm not saying the Palestinians mm. deserve it. And I actually think there should be some help from the world, from the United States to kick Hamas down and put some normal government there, government that doesn't terrorize its own citizens, and then we can actually work on negotiating the conflict. Because with Fatah and the West Bank, their 
I'm not saying they're in great shape. I'm not saying they're treated fairly. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying their situation is much better than Hamas. So I have a friend who, um, whose family is from Gaza, and um, she essentially said that I'm not a supporter of Hamas. Like I don't have enough of like information to say that, but I can say from her perspective, I asked her about it, and she said that Hamas was the only thing willing to protect them generally and and without them they didn't have like a government or anything protecting them so not that they had a cho- they didn't necessarily have a choice but to put their faith into Hamas to protect them because they had no other protection of course they 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 chose Hamas probably the first time Hamas was chosen for their government was complete democracy i mean, I, I don't know how too much to what degree but it was much better than now Hamas is there, I don't know how many years, but more than five. And uh, and I think it's getting re-elected. I'm pretty sure it's getting re-elected because it's terrorizing its own citizens. No one wants to see a government that doesn't feed their... But the thing is, Hamas also has someone to blame it for, Israel. Right. But Israel, actually, I actually worked in the, in the border between Jordan and Israel for, for a year. Between uh, between my high school and uh, and my military uh, service, and there were so many trucks with donations that went through Israel to Gaza. So many trucks. So Israel doesn't prevent it as much as people think. Like Red Cross and donations. I picked bags of rice for ba- bags of rice for days um, because that's what I needed to do. Uh, that was my job, and, and I did it, and it didn't go to the Israeli side, it went to Gaza. And it went as a donation, it went as a donation of food. What they are doing with this food and what they are doing with this money, it's a completely different story. And this is happening all over the world, and I'm trying, like, I know I, I will ca- probably encounter more people that disagree with me than people who agree with me, because I, I see how it goes online, and I see how it goes... Um, like you, you guys also you you give me like hard questions. <laughs> I mean, definitely, it's and, it's it's not even that. It's just yeah. that like you know when you say things like you know this is what they're doing and this is how it's perceived. I think regardless of you know whether people agree or disagree, I think it's important to at least hear yeah. what yeah. is right. on the other side, like what you guys believe in. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's you know normal citizens obviously don't want violence at all of it's, course. it's governments and these organizations that kind of you know reflect the entire nation in you know in bad terms just like how america sometimes seems like a huge bully because of the president that we have and you know a lot of the citizens do not agree with anything that he does but that goes with any nation you know and yeah i think i think when it comes down to as you say the culture of israel i think that's what people feel pride in their countries for uh, for the majority of the time yes. um, and then the politics of it just kind of overshadows it and unfortunately paints it in a bad picture the the thing is so what's interesting I'm not again it's not like I'm getting insulted by the questions or anything but there is to some degree because we're having a civil discussion that is recorded <laughs> there is to some degree this kind of like manners uh, that we need to keep and uh, and it's great because what I'm saying, if you would ask me the same question online, things will get like heated up much faster, 
for no reason and I'm like a reasonable person and I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice to people but if you catch me on a bad day and you ask me this question online I might start a whole like conversation mm-hmm. not to I won't go to like racist terms and I won't go to like bad terms but it might go like this from other people because I started something like that because mm-hmm. everyone can see it we are in a like closed uh, uh, free and and secure safe space well it's also that when you're online everything is public and then when it's other people feeding in that you know often don't want to have a civil discussion and want to choose a side that's where things mess up whereas when it's more one-on-one or small group like we're having right now it's like we truly do want to just listen to each other and that's what's important but i um i want to come to um you know how you're living in america now and um so what is your relationship with, you know, if you do you come across either Palestinians or, you know, Arab people that sort of uh, you know, you I, say I'm Israeli and then there's some sort of tension or are you, do you think you're better in relationship? I don't. Here? I actually, I met maybe met one Palestinian here that I actually shook my hands with. Wow. Um, not because I didn't want to shake anyone else's <laughs> hands, but I just don't, don't meet them. Hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to. And you both knew that um, one is Palestinian. Yeah, Israel. I asked, okay. well, you know, where are you from? Oh, Palestine. I say, oh, I'm from Israel. Oh, really? What do you think of this? And actually, every time when you ask, like, it's obvious to both sides, there, maybe someone will hate you at the end of the day. It's obvious to, like, when you ask the question, where are you from? And the guy say, I'm from Palestine. And you say, I'm from Israel. And then there is like this two seconds silence and someone needs to wow. break it as fast as possible <laughs> because everything in your head spins. And so basically what I'm asking afterwards, so what do you think? And, <laughs> and the, the, usually they say, oh, our governments are crazy. Usually that's the response that I get. Like, and it's not just from Palestinians. Like I met a lot of Syrians and, uh, and a lot of people from the Middle East that basically don't understand like what the fuss is about but these are people that came to america and maybe they came to america for a reason and they don't even know it mm-hmm. like for for another reason than what they think maybe i came to america because um i keep thinking like how much i miss the country i don't even miss the country i miss my family and i miss my friends in israel what, what city are you from in israel i'm from i'm from a settlement i'm from a place called malefraim it's like a 1500 people town oh, wow. uh, how is that compared to the i mean i, I think yeah. the only thing that pe- people ever see of israel is tel, tel aviv, aviv is that? Yeah. <laughs> so tel aviv is basically uh, 50 miles from malefraim because my israel is uh, 300 miles on i want to say 70 miles <laughs> so hmm. basically tel aviv is 50 miles to the west um and yeah. so what, what is so, from where you're from compared to the rest of it and like this culture that you talk about like what's if i go to israel like what am i looking for what's the best thing i'm going to get out of it you're looking for um basically the a lot of holy sites and religious uh, sites, religion sites and uh, architecture and places that are three thousand years old that uh-huh. you won't get from so many places in the world uh, like that are man-made um, and we know so much about places kind of thing um, and in such a small place um, how do Israelis get lit oh what like smoke joints and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, what 
It's very, it's, again, it's very, like, it's, it's not a developing country. It's a very already right. developed country. So people, no, people are, like, smoking pot on the streets. I, maybe I smoked, like, two times in the past, like, in Israel, but that's it. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with it very well. So, um, but, like, people smoke pot, people, people drink, people... Um, People go out, the illegal drugs, obviously, like any other place. Um, like Tel Aviv is the big uh, party city. Do like a lot of people wear yarmulkes and whatnot and like have the hairstyles? No, the population is, I don't know the percentage, but again, if you go to Jerusalem, a lot of people are like, I don't know if you have ever been in B&H, uh, if you've ever been in the religious part in Brooklyn. <laughs> Um, uh, a little bit, yeah. So Where basically, Orthodox Jews. Yeah, also yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, a lot of people in Jerusalem are like that. Okay. If you go to settlements, so actually a lot of settlements have the yarmulkes, and there is a big difference between someone with like a neat yarmulke and the black yarmulke and white yarmulke, mm-hmm. and like they're like they also don't to some degree you can say that they don't agree with each other about a lot of things. Like okay. Orthodox people don't believe like very very ultra orthodox people don't believe in israel despite the fact they are living there they don't speak hebrew because it's a holy language so they only speak yiddish which is basically a dead language Uh, and they and they don't believe in the country that they are living in and they're kind of like parasites i want to say because they (laughs) because they get a lot of money from the government for Mm -hmm. living there and for keeping the religion and and the culture but but they some of them don't work and it's, mm. it's it's very different. It's small groups, but it's very you you can sense it, especially if you walk in Jerusalem, Nebrak, Bet Shemesh is another place with very ultra orthodox people. That if they will see like how you guys are dressed, they they might spit on you in the street. Wow! Because it's not modest enough. So and what's I, wrong with what I'm wearing? I, I know, but like they, they, you need to wear like long shirt. Cover the elbows. Uh, cover the elbows, yeah, okay. stuff like that. Okay. So I okay, I know that generally all major world religions aren't for gay rights and transgender, you know, movements and things like that. But I did notice that Israel does kind of embrace gay people and transgender people, but they're still a country based off of religion. So can you explain a little bit how that works? Because I'm actually very curious. So I'm also very confused about okay. it. <laughs> okay. Because I, to something, I just don't understand the problem kind mm. of thing. But the thing is, Israel is, uh, when you study um, like about Israel and the rules and everything, you study it in like 11th grade. Um, there are like six or seven des- definitions of a country what okay. a country is. A country is only Democrat, a country is b- like based on a Congress, a country is based on one one ruler. And Israel is considered to be a religious democratic state. Right. And what happens is that the religion is, and the democracy a lot of times are very, very opposite sides. And um, for example, I can, no, gay rights aside, you can say that like, uh, the Shabbat, which is um, Saturday, we keep the Shabbat, which means we can't light electricity, we can't uh, drive, we can't... Uh, is it touch money too? Uh, we can't touch money, we okay. can't cut toilet paper, so you need to prepare toilet paper if, if you need to go to the bathroom. So wait, wait, wait. you do what? You cannot cut toilet paper. Like rip it? Yeah. Okay. So you, how do you use it? So you just prepare it and you also have 
tissues today, so it's fine. But you can't rip paper apart. Oh, okay. So this is like some of the rules. And people in order, like, for again, bathrooms, so people... Um, you, could use, put, you could just use water, bro. We use water. Yes. Also, yeah. That's not a problem. Do you use only water? Like, and most, like, you know, yeah. like a hose? Yeah, yeah like bidet? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a bidet. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know, but not a lot of people have a bidet at home. Yeah. We like, use a pot. Yeah, a gar- uh, what is it called? A gardening... Flower pot. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah we do. check my bathroom. <laughs> check my bathroom right now. I have it in there. And it's cleaner, man. Yeah. Okay, uh, and you don't use paper at all? No, use paper after. I use paper after. Yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah. But not everybody, not, not everybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, not everybody Okay, you got me confused. It sounded like you guys are making a joke on me. <laughs> no, 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 we're being no. Because you, you got like very... Um, yeah. You got from we don't use paper to oh, yeah. we use a pot to, and to we use a garden pot. I'm like this is well, so the <laughs> hoses like in Pakistan like they have a lot of hoses like right next to the toilet and if you have two toilets in your bathroom then you have two different hoses. But then it, here like bidets aren't a thing that much and they're expensive and like the hose concept isn't really here. So everybody has uh, watering cans. That's what they're called watering cans in their bathroom. I, I get it. Like it's called in, lota. Elota. Elota. Okay. Elota. Like, yeah, that's, the thing is, like, I, I get it, and a lot of people in Israel also has, have it. But, bit, yeah. but the thing is, that's not, you still can't cut paper. So you, you say right. you do use paper eventually. So we, we can't not cut, right. we can't rip the paper apart. You. So that's yeah. it. So you don't have the um, toilet paper roll on the side? We or? have the toilet paper roll, but on, on Friday before the Saturday, uh, before the Shabbat comes, we they just prepare it. We, we, already. We, we already tear pre, it. Pre-tear oh, it. Yeah. That's cool. We, and you just hope this will be like a five square incident and not a ten square incident. <laughs> it's like, kind of, like <laughs> five square incident. <laughs> because no, uh, it's going to be a five square incident. But, but the thing is, but, but there are rules that like you, you, can, you can surpass that. Like you can say, oh, I... It, like you can call, you can make a phone call if it's a life and death issue. You can make a phone call. Wow. But for example, I used a phone uh, call. Yeah, you can make like you can use more. electricity. Yeah. Oh right, right. So okay. so basically, like I used to work in a, in a, a telephone um, service company that basically we served a lot of uh, a lot of businesses, like a lot of people from India answering the phones here. Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. so in Israel right. we have. Uh, we have the same thing, like in every country. Tele- yeah, so we uh, we used to answer this religious group that used to help religious people on on the holiday, and we we got some weird questions. Like a, a lady asked me, "My boy bo- broke his arm and he's bleeding. Can I call an ambulance?" And we're like, "Yeah, you should call an ambulance, man." Like the, I know it's not life and death, but she actually thought like maybe I can, I should postpone. <laughs> My boys help yeah. until until God will allow it. So they yeah. call you guys, but so, not the ambulance. Is, no, they call us because we serve them oh, before the ambulance, okay. and then we okay. send the ambulance people a message: okay. "Hey, this kid needs help." Okay. Wait, I'm sorry. I still You're like nine one one and a religious answer. advisor so, at the same time. Yeah. Wait, so, I still want my question answered. I'm still confused. I, I know. So right, so, I still want to know. So for what I'm saying about the Shabbat, so now there is a big debate, mm-hmm. uh, which last, which is. All, all a debate for the past two years or so, mm-hmm. uh, and it was before that, but in the past two years it became bigger and bigger, it's uh, like non-religious people who are the majority in Israel, 
why can't they use a bus? Like, why, why is the bus services closed? And buses are way better than in Baltimore. Buses can actually get you places and not in two hour time. So like, why can't they use a bus in, like, in, in the Shabbat? Because 30% on the, of the population is keeping the Shabbat. It's right. 30% of the population doesn't use electricity. Why do we, why, this is like enforcing your religion on us. Mm-hmm. So when you so this is an, a debate, and right now the government is very right, and the right government in Israel means that they're also pro-religion, mm-hmm. and the right government in Israel is also pro uh, the whole Israel and less gi- giving less to the Palestinians. So but the debate is also for gay rights, right? Not exactly, like. Um, it they, sounds like it's the right government is the same thing as here. It's just... Yes, it's kind of like... They well, kind of go by religion. And exactly. So, so they want... They, they will be for gay rights, but gays can't get married. And now they're, they're, they just like made a new uh, law or they like um, just like made an old law. Um, um, they just canceled an old law and gay people can't do... Don't have the same rights if they adopt a child. And stuff like that. On the other hand, we don't kill gay people, and Israel mm-hmm. the, the doesn't discriminate gay people when uh, coming to a workplace. And uh, gay people can still have a civil wedding, and uh, and a lot of non-religious people are also having a civil wedding. Mm-hmm. I had a civil wedding basically. I in Israel, I consider to be married because I married my wife here, but. If we got married in Israel, so it would have been a civil wedding. We okay. couldn't use like an Orthodox rabbi for it. Okay. You said you came here to be a filmmaker and you went mm-hmm. to school for that. Um, are you going to incorporate any of this sort of background or culture into the filmmaking mode that you go in? Or do you want to do completely something else? I think I don't have a choice. Uh, I think it's, it's innate. In me. I will give you an example. Uh, Regardless of my religion, I, I used to write in a blog when I was like 16 or 17. And the, this girl just broke up with me and we, and actually we didn't even date. I just thought I was very much in love and she told me there is no way she will date me. <laughs> um, and then I, I wrote this huge thing in the blog and I ended with a joke about how I like to smell, um, how I miss her farts smells <laughs> or something. I ended up with like, with like a stupid like fart joke. Okay. But the entire thing was very sad. Like I was like, it's very sad, pity, very sad. And a friend of mine read it and was like, "Oh, this is hilarious, man." <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, just because there is like a far joke at the end, it doesn't make it. It ma- makes it even sadder that I'm joking about it." So he was like, "No, this is hilarious." So I think that was like a moment that I understood. I can't, I can't departure from making jokes. I can't departure from comedy. And no matter what I will do, uh, wherever I go, this is something that is in me. Whether because I don't know uh, some deep. Are you talking about comedy or? I know, I'm, I'm, really I, so I'm, I'm you're go- comparing. Yes. Gotcha. So I, I can say like this is the, like comedy thing is innate in me because my parents got divorced or because I watched Seinfeld or because this is kind of like I don't know why it is there but it is there. When I'm making something, I can definitely see my creation to some degree different than the creation that I see from my American friends. And I don't know what it is, 
but there is something very different in the way the story is told is being told and there is something very different in the sensitivity the story is told in it can be a very simple story but I don't know maybe maybe my choices are coming from a very subconscious place of this from that comes from my culture and I think that's very important because yeah People need to hear these stories, and they're so unaware. Even we learned so much today yeah. Most definitely. just about your mindset. But I think the most important thing that anybody that's listening right now is that Roz is a very dirty boy. Yes. <laughs> you, you promised me that this won't be a political thing, and this is, was like about half an hour about Palestine and Israel. Yeah, but like, well... It, we couldn't help but ask. I, I know, I know. It just got so interesting. Yeah, yeah and okay. it's like we, so didn't, hard to we avoid. didn't get defensive at all. We, we kind of just asked a question, you know? I know, I know, but I have so much more to tell. What would you like to talk about? I yes. actually don't, I'm actually glad it went that way. That's fine. Would you yeah. ever do um, Israeli political satire? Is that a thing? I don't... In your comedy? It is, like, it is a thing in Israel. I think that would go and, very bad. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't, I, the thing is, my, my humor is very much like American when I think okay, about okay. it. Less, is, less Israeli, less like pure mm-hmm. Israeli okay. humor. But again, like I think, I think it's something in the storytelling that when you watch is when I watch Israeli films, I'm saying to myself, this is I'm much more relating. It, not political, not uh, nothing about Palestine, Israel, and nothing about anything. Like just a love story, even. Mm-hmm. It very basic thing. I can see a huge difference between American films and Israeli films. And this is something that I will bring because this is the way I grew up. And But I don't think I will ever... I just don't go to that place of like mm-hmm. um, talking about the, the, um, if you the talk conflict about politi- and okay. talking, mm-hmm. talking about politics. Politics it, would probably be like American politics if you talked about them. Yeah, and you know what? I can I can get easy uh, for, out of it. I can get out easy from it because... I don't need to to justify myself because I'm not from here. So, like, if I'm talking about Israeli politics, people will will stab me. People will not Palestinians, but like people will just hate me to some degree because I'm taking sides. If I'm talking about American politics, people will just think I'm stupid and don't understand, mm. which is kind of like nice yeah. when you think about it that you can do whatever you want. And that's what we did, like when when you came to to my podcast, that kind of. We, we could have done whatever I want because I can say, oh, I didn't know that. Like, playing stupid is yeah is a big advantage. Okay. Yeah. See, and that was funny because, I don't know if you heard me, but he, I went on his podcast and he was his theme was like, we're going to act like Borat. Okay. And if you've seen Borat, it's just like, he's a yeah, very, yeah. you know, obviously yeah. culturally confused person right. that's in America and makes fun of everything. And that's how he was, he, like, in quotes, playing dumb and ask me questions about my culture so i mean you definitely are like hilarious and i think you have a really really good way of doing Thank you. it so yeah I'm, I'm curious to see uh your you know where you go with the filmmaking and everything my, like my question is like what is your goal like as a filmmaker are you trying to make like films comedy films like short films etc like i just want to it changes because i hate like so i came to america i was like i'm gonna be a big director and writer and then I started to work with actors, and I discovered I hate actors. Like they, they are the most obnoxious people on the planet. I'm sorry, I have yeah. a lot of actor friends that will see it and probably will unfriend me on Facebook. But I know I don't care. Like the yeah. thing, like I just I want to say stuff as they are. I don't want to explain to you why you're supposed to work that way because 
because you walk that way since they had, like the actors want explanations to everything. So I wanted to be a director. I don't want to do that anymore. But basically writing is, is my big goal. Uh, and obviously if I'm not succeed, if, if I don't succeed, I'm, I'm going to probably edit videos more and uh, that I like editing also. But my big goal is make living out of writing. Probably like a lot of other waitresses and waiters. <laughs> Do you want to leave any final remarks about either yourself, your culture, whatever? Um, we have a Palestinian coming on in a few weeks. Very passionate girl. Any Anything you'd like to say to her? <laughs> I just want people to understand that things take time. Like everyone expects solutions here and now. And I think that's the biggest problem with the current president of the, of the U.S. that is just expecting things to happen magically because I don't know how. And, uh, and I think that's also the expectations of the UN from Israel and, and the Palestinians. And I think just be patient, you know, like, so, so it will take five years. So what? I have, I have a lot of friends who expect to be successful now. And I keep saying like, so wait five years, grow a little as a person and then succeed. So it's the same thing with countries and with cultures and religions and everything. In the in the dark ages, people used to rape for fun, uh, and and it was acceptable. And people don't do it now, uh, thank God. Like like and and people used to murder people on left and right, and people used to die for their country because they are part of it. That's something that has changed only in the First World War when people understood understood war is terrible mm. so uh, so I think we came a long way from being obnoxious creatures to being more absorbing and more accepting and like unless there will be a third world war I think in a hundred years things might get better <laughs> so maybe we, we won't live but at least give some hope to our kids there you have it people a very hopeful Raz Zamerit is that right? No, it's a merit. I'm not even going to attempt to embarrass myself. <laughs> but look for him in the movies two, three years. Five. Five. I just gave everyone five years. Five, years, so five is his lucky myself. number. Yeah. Lucky number. And, I think uh, it's uh, time to pop the question. And our last question that we ask oh. every guest on the show. Do you want to ask? Go ahead. So if you could be any flavor, what would you be? And why? And why? Sweet, sour. Sweet, sour, sour sweet. That's how you say Sweet it. And yeah. Sweet and sour? Yeah. Sweet and sour. Okay, yeah. go on. Uh, because uh, that's, this is like, a, a, I, I know you ask it every, every guest, but this is like, can go so sexual in like a second. <laughs> so like, I'm just going to... It's not even thing. <laughs> like if someone, like, okay, so sweet and sour, because I, I do think that every, in every bad thing there is a funny thing and in every funny thing there is a very sad truth so that's why wow hey, that was that was deep, a good explanation short and deep but again if you learn anything from this podcast <laughs> oh, it's if, very dirty boy exactly boy. if you want if <laughs> it's sweet and sour because my body like i can say this kind of stuff oh <laughs> I'm I'm done. yeah that's the end all right guys <laughs> thank you so much for listening to another episode of strange flavors join us next time when we talk to another stranger with another flavor In